0: Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, let's look at five verses here, starting with verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow, somebody say overflow, with new wine. Father, we thank you for this portion of our time together today. We quiet ourselves. We're hungry for you, hungry for your word. We desperately need your direction in our lives, and I know, God, that it comes by your word. So we pray, Lord, that today you would speak to us through your word. We pray it in Jesus' name, and we give you thanks for it. Amen. God is speaking to La Palma Christian Center. I believe it is a word that is clear, succinct. It is repetitive, and I believe that is for a reason. We will retain more when we hear it repeated more often. Does anybody want to help me this morning and tell maybe somebody who hasn't been here since January, what is the word? that God has been speaking to La Palma Christian Center. Has anybody heard it? Restoration. Yes, this is one aspect of what God has been speaking to us. In fact, God spoke to me last November, I believe it was, as I prayed about what are we, what are we, what are we doing, what are you doing, what do you want me to say in the new year? And I heard that word, restoration. Restoration. And God began to restore relationships, marriages, families, businesses, work situations. Finances began to be restored. And even the anointing was restored. What else has God been speaking to La Palma Christian Center? Turnaround. Somebody say, Turn around. Turnaround. I'm talking about for eight weeks, I think, we talked about turn around. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to us and showing us areas that, in fact, He wanted to turn around. What are some of the things that God said He was going to turn around for us? I'm just quizzing you to see if you are paying attention several weeks ago. Turn around. Turning our finances around. Relationships. Atlas, that was one. Turning our atlas around. Turning our actions around. Turning our attitudes around. Turning our affections around. Turning our anatomy around and healing. And it went on. Thanks be to God for restoration and turnaround. But there's one more thing that I believe God wants to say to us. Does anybody know where I'm going this morning? Come on, Nancy, say that again. Overflow. I believe it is time for overflow. The Lord stands ready and is more than willing to begin to pour on His sons and daughters blessing and abundance in every area and every aspect of our lives. And I believe this overflowing from God will be so much that not only will your needs be met, not only will our needs be met, there will be surplus, there will be abundance so that we can spill that over onto our families, onto our friends, onto our our co-workers, and onto our neighbors. Overflow isn't just so you can be blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. God stands ready to bless us to fill us to such a degree that it is just coming out all over the place. Overflow is defined as run over, flood, spread out, spill over, brim over. I want you to see this today spill out, spill over, brim over, excess, and run off. When I began to study this, the first thing that came to my mind was our Midwest region of the country, Memphis and some of the southern states. The rivers are so full that they cannot even hold all of the water that is coming in, and so the rivers are overflowing. Look at this. There's overflow happening in Memphis, the Midwest, our southern states, parts of Texas. Overflow. Overflow, 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 overflow. It's creeping right up to the door. Overflow. It also made me think of a time when I was just a boy. Most of our vacations, because we were a family of six and not a wealthy family, Most of our vacations were just campouts at Shackamack Park or something like that. But every now and then, Dad would pack up everybody and we'd take a trip. One trip we went to Washington, D.C. Never forget it as long as I live. One trip we went to Niagara Falls. It was so amazing. Look at this. That's powerful, folks. I remember thinking how forceful the power of this water flowing over the edge there just continued. It never did stop. Do you know that this is how God wants our lives to be? And I believe, folks, it's not a place to visit like I visited Niagara Falls. It's a place that God wants us to live. The place of overflow. Not just to step into it every now and then and get so excited. All my bills were paid. I even had so much I was able to bless somebody else. Doesn't that feel good? Have you ever been there? God met all your bills, all your needs were met, and you had excess, you had surplus, you had more than you needed, and you were able to help somebody else. It's a great feeling. God wants you to live there. He wants you to to set up your home there, getting to the place of overflow. Overflow. Are you ready to get to that place of overflow? How many would like to live in the place of overflow? Let's find out how to get there. I believe there are roads that will lead us there, there are paths that we can get on that will take us there. The first path is called trust trust the Lord. Look at verse number 5 of our text again. Just that first portion says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust, folks, is twofold as I see it right here. First of all, who do you trust? Who do you trust in your life? Do you trust anyone? Hopefully there are people that you can actually trust. I listed a few of my own. First on my list was my wife. I trust my wife. Nobody on this earth, including my father, who's still living, my three sisters who are living, nobody on this earth knows me better than my wife, Karen. So I have been able to let every wall down and every guard down and share with her completely. Why? I trust her. I trust my wife. And I thank God that he gives me people that I can trust. I trust my children. My children haven't given me any reason to not trust them. I trust them. I trust that when I give them instruction, they're going to follow that instruction. When I tell them what to do, they will do it. When I tell them what not to do, they won't do it. Now, I, I understand that one is 13 and one is 14, and maybe these boundaries of trust are soon going to be tested. How many parents of teenagers are here and you made it successfully and they are still living too? <laughs> I know, I'm not naive, but I trust them. And until they give me reason not to, I'm going to keep on trusting my children. I trust my doctor. When I was looking for a primary doctor that was within our, our uh, group, I just liked his name, first of all, so I went with it. It's Dr. Howard Bland out of Seal Beach. Turns out he's an incredible doctor. And so when I go to him, I, just, I, I feel like he really does care for me, and I can trust him. It's very nice. I trust my mechanic. Now that says something right there. Because you know, mechanics kind of have a bad rap. They're going to take advantage, right? They're going to charge you for things uh, because you're ignorant, because you don't know, and, and it's underneath the hood, and they can say all kinds of things. So I trust mine. That's a nice place. I trust my staff. I think we have some of the most incredible staff here and I'm able to trust them. I can leave for business, I can leave for vacation, I can leave on an emergency, I I could leave right now in the middle of this sermon and know that Pastor Dave or Pastor Moses or Pastor Jack or Pastor Jim or any one of them will just come up and they'll leave. You know what that means to a pastor to have that kind of a confidence and that kind of a trust in someone. Yes, hopefully, you have people that you can trust, but it's got to go above and beyond trusting people, folks. We've got to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. It's a matter of who you trust, but it's a matter of how much do you trust. Because I know that would I... Take a survey this morning. I would dare say, everybody would say, yes, pastor, I trust in the Lord. Well, do you? How much do you? You see, the Bible says we are to trust in the Lord. How much? Come on, somebody. Oh, yes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart psalm 27 says some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we trust in the name of the lord our god put your trust in the one who's trustworthy put your trust in the one who has never left you or forsaken you and never will put your trust in the lord and trust him explicitly trust him completely Trust Him with all your heart. That's not partial trust. That's not trusting the Lord with the easy things. Trusting God completely with everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Trust in the Lord. Another path that I believe will lead us to the place of overflow is leaning. Lean on the Lord. Verse 5, and lean not on your own understanding. I believe there are people who have educated themselves beyond the point of feeling it necessary to lean on the Lord. They will study. They will learn. They'll go to school. I said this on Wednesday. There are doctors who have multiple doctorates they have three and four doctorates because they just have such a a voracious appetite to learn nothing wrong with learning that's what we're studying by the way on wednesday night learning is wonderful learning will get us to the place of wisdom But see, we we start leaning on our own understanding. That doesn't make any sense. How are you going to tell me to pay all my bills or, or to pay God first and I can't even pay all my bills? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that. That doesn't compute. I can't reason with that. And I know you've been there. I've been there. But see, God's ways... God's ways are not our ways. Look at what Isaiah 55 says, verse number 9. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, God said, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My, My ways are higher than your ways. God will ask us to do things that we do not understand, folks. You can't lean back into your education. You can't lean back into your learning. That will fail you. It actually might make you feel somewhat secure. But it is a false sense of security. Holding on to what makes sense to you. Let's just face it. God doesn't always make sense to us. How many would just be honest this morning and say, Pastor, there's been times that God hasn't really made sense to me. God has asked me to do things that hasn't made sense to me. I haven't understood why God said to do some things. I didn't understand why God waited on some things. That's because His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts. He's thinking about something tomorrow that we're not thinking about yet. He's he's knowing about something next week that we're not knowing yet. So you can't lean on your understanding. You've got to lean. Come on, lean on somebody a little bit. Oh, yeah. You've got to lean on the Lord, and leaning sometimes takes learning. John Stallings wrote a great chorus back in the 70s, mid-70s, Entitled, learning to lean, learning to lean, I'm learning to lean, anybody know that one? On Jesus, finding more power than I'd ever dreamed, I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Won a Dove Award for that one that year. Learn. Learn to lean on Jesus. This path will take you to another path, all leading to a place, the place of overflow. Acknowledge. Acknowledge the Lord. Trust the Lord. Lean on the Lord. Acknowledge the Lord. Look at verse number 6. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he shall direct your path. In all your ways, folks, that's in your conduct. How do you live your life? Does your actions actually reflect an acknowledgement of God? Or does it more reflect your own ability? And what you have learned which ties right back into your understanding. We're taught, we go to school, we learn, and then we're going to apply what we've learned. That's all good. But sometimes then we think, we don't understand God gave us the ability to learn back here anyway. So then we get a little bit full of ourselves and we think, well, I can sing, let's say, right? I, I couldn't do anything without God. God's the one who gave me a voice to sing, period. But singers have this problem. Musicians, actually, have this problem. They get to the place they think that they're all that. And they forgot that God was the one who gave them the gift and gave them the instrument, gave them the ability in the first place. Our conduct and what we do should always be in an acknowledgement of God. It should also be matched with our speech, folks. Our lives should live it but our tongue should tell it. Your life should live it, but your tongue better be telling it unless we open up our mouths and say, to God be the glory. I am nothing without God. I can do nothing without God. We have got to speak and acknowledge God with our mouths, with our words. I studied the word ways, in all your ways. Ways translates in the Hebrew, derik, which means a road, a course, a mode of action. In Jack Hayford's commentary, he said this, concerning this word ways. It suggests specific opportunities a person may encounter on a recurring basis. The most common segment of opportunity we exercise regularly is each new day. So it is as if this passage of scriptures is suggesting that in all your days, we should acknowledge God, and in so doing, He'll direct our path. So in all of our ways, that includes conduct, that includes speech, but it also includes just the new day that God gives us and new ways that God gives us. Acknowledge the Lord. We're nothing without God. We can do nothing without God. How many are ready to acknowledge God in all your ways? It's a path, folks, that I promise will lead you to this place of overflow. let me add one more before we close honor the next path that we should get on to get to this place of overflow living there it's honor verse number 9 says honor the lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase wow You see, folks, giving to God is how we actually show our respect and our admiration to God. When you give to God, you're actually honoring Him. And so the flip side of that coin is, when you do not give to God, you're dishonoring Him. And you can list the reasons, and you can tell God, and you can justify it in your own heart. But the simple truth of the matter is refusing to give to God is dishonoring to Him. It is disrespectful to Him. And every time you give to God, you are bringing Him honor. You are worshiping Him as a king. But He is not just any king. He's the king above all other kings. I would dare say everyone in this place, if, if someone of of stature and importance and regal would come into this room, a king, we would all pay honor to this person. The president of the United States, the governor of our state, someone would come in. No matter where you stand politically, I still say I would hope That there would be some bit of honor that would rise up in you just for the position itself yet we have one that is above all presidents and all governors and all all kings and all queens and all princes how do you honor god you honor him by giving you honor him by living but you honor him by giving if all you're doing is just saying well my life is going to honor him and let the living part honor him you're still you're still not not getting it you're still disrespecting God because it has to be the living plus the giving your life honors him but your gift honors him and this folks is probably the most important path people can say well I trust in the Lord I trust in God with all my heart well do you trust him with all your wallet hello You can't say you trust in God and then not give to God. You can't say, well, I'm all, I, I do lean on the Lord and I don't lean on my own understanding and then not give to God. See, this is the key right here. It's really the master key that will unlock every other door. It is this area of giving to God. When you give to God, you're honoring Him. And how many would just say as a testimony today, God's been so good to me, I want to honor Him. I want to honor God in every area that I possibly can. He's just been that good to me. But even if God didn't do another thing for you, just His very nature and just His very character, the fact that He is God deserves all the honor. See, we, get in a, we could get in a little bit of a trap saying, well, I'm going to give to God because he was so good to me today. It's like we're giving God a tip or something. Your giving to God should not be hinged necessarily on whether he did something for you or not. Because then you'll say, well, God didn't come through for me, so I'm going to keep my money in my pocket. And you're in dangerous waters right there. Very, very dangerous. We give to God because God is God and because God has required us to do it. It is how we show our respect and our honor for God. Don't let anything determine if you will or if you will not give to God. You just make up in your mind it is what I will do as a son or a daughter. It is what I will do as a believer. I'm going to give to God. That, folks, will open the doorway, open the gate. It will open the, the, the floodgate, really, to get you into this land, this land of overflow, this place of overflow. Because every time you give to God, what happens? Think you give well, come on now. That's exactly what happens. Every time you give to God, He gives back. It's a law that he actually put in motion that believer and unbeliever alike can actually benefit from this. There are plenty of people who have nothing to do with Christ, but they've they've tapped into this law of sowing and reaping and giving, and it comes back. The first fruits that it speaks of here, folks, is suggesting, well, first, but it also suggests your best. If you wait until all other necessities are taken care of, and then you're going to give to God, you may find there is nothing left. I've, I've done that. I've been there. It's a good thing to give God first. Give God first. Write your tithe check out first. Then pay the electric bill. Then take care of the other necessities that you have. But when you give to God first, you're actually giving God the best anyway. The first fruits is the best that you could possibly give God. And I know you would agree God deserves the best. Let's give him the first fruits. And a tithe, by the way, I don't have time to really develop this, but a tithe is 10% of all of your increase. It's 10% that God is requiring of us. If you are not a tither, but you give to God occasionally, I cannot urge you strongly enough to actually start tithing. Systematically, deliberately, giving to God 10% of all Of your increase and you will see a rapid turn and you'll start living in this place of overflow where your needs are met but you're also able to say I'm gonna help Sean and Ashley I'm gonna help Joanne gonna help the hares whoever it might be whatever the Holy Spirit might lead you what a wonderful place folks a place of abundance place of overflow. The pathway is trusting, leaning, acknowledging, and honoring the Lord. Pastor Moses is coming, and I want to draw your attention before you close your Bibles. You've got to see this. Look at this, what follows the line of Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Wow, we want to shout there. We want to get excited right there, but i got to read on. Because I want to set all this in the proper context. So I went out from it a little and I went after it just a little bit. Look at verse number 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. It may be that God is chastening because we're not living in obedience to what he said to do. Trusting him, leaning on him, acknowledging him, honoring him, And maybe when we start obeying, just perhaps the chastening will stop. We can start living the life that God has called us all to live in the place of overflow. I want you to bow your heads all over this room today. God you are so good. And you have an endless supply for us. <laughs> it would just be nothing for you to cause every one of us to inherit multimillions from some deceased loved one. We could dig up a treasure in our backyard. You caused tax money to be found in the mouth of a fish. You're so powerful. You have an endless supply. But this is not how you choose to bless us. You choose rather to teach us and to see if we're willing to do the work to get to that place of abundance and overflow. God, I pray for the congregants here today. Wonderful, wonderful people that love you, fear you. But I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would show them these areas of weakness. Help them to trust wholeheartedly in you. Not leaning on their own understanding, but leaning on you. Help each man and woman in this room, every student that might be here today. Help them in all of their ways and all of their days in their conduct and in their speech. Help them to acknowledge you. And God, let us go on to the, this next step and this next pathway that I believe is the most challenging for most. But it will be the proof of our honoring. It will be the proof of our, our, our trusting our acknowledging and our leaning. It is the place of honoring you by giving to you. Help us. Holy Spirit, help us. And take us to this place of overflow, a place of abundance, a place of brimming over and spilling over, running over, so that our needs would be met, but also, God, we would be able to help others who are struggling. We give you all praise and all glory. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you to stand. Good to have you with us this morning, and let me one more time encourage you, please make plans to come out tonight and support our students. It's going to be a great, great night of worship. And uh, we're just going to celebrate our young people, but mostly we're going to celebrate God. Amen. Until then, have a great afternoon. God bless everybody.